Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. For a first century Christian, following Jesus, this must have been great comfort, I would think. But what does it mean to be a persecuted Christian today? And I actually had to Google this because thankfully I live in a country that's not even on the world watch list of top 50 countries. And if you're wondering who's number one, it's North Korea. Julie's painting, however, helped bring it a little bit closer to home for me. Not that I've ever been in prison, but <laughs> it may, it, it's what it means to be persecuted. It, it was a little bit more tangible. And it evoked a memory for me personally. Um, back in 2006, my husband and I, Dave, we traveled to China. We adopted our daughter, Joy. And while we were waiting for her visa to travel back to the United States, we went shopping in this little district outside of our hotel. And it was there that I met a young Chinese shopkeeper. And she educated me on what it means to be a persecuted Christian. Upon seeing the little uh, cross necklace that I was wearing, she came around the counter and she grabbed me and she embraced me full on and she whispered in my ear and she said, oh, my Christian American sister. So for me, I started a conversation with her there and I found out that she and a group of five others, they were meeting in secret in their homes on Fridays to read the Bible. And that brought it right home for me. The global pandemic has also made persecution more obvious than ever, because as we've learned, so many Christians who were already gathering in secret, like my friend in China, are restricted further now by lockdowns. As you listen to today's scripture reading, I want you to reflect on what persecution means to you. To what degree are Christians in the 21st century still being persecuted. This week's scripture is from Matthew 5, 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when, you, when they insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you, lying on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, because your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. There is a war going on right now against Christians. That is what a large percentage of Americans currently believe. There's a phenomenon called Christian persecution complex. And what this is, is the idea of either a belief, an attitude, or a worldview that those individuals who call themselves Christians, it is their values that they hold are being opposed by either social groups, especially the liberals. 
and the government. This idea continues to persist that somehow that Christians today are facing oppression. They're being discriminated against simply because they're Christians. And they have certain beliefs, they have certain values that a large portion of society disagrees with. We saw this over the last few years. For example, if you recall, there were those individuals who were very unhappy when they were told that they would have to be providing birth control for their employees, that it had to be covered by insurance. And they said, no, you have no right to tell us we have to do that. And they saw that as a form of persecution. There are those individuals who, when it comes to abortion, believe that if you hold that view that abortion is a sin, that the larger part of society is against you. That's why some individuals believe that they were persecuted because they chose not to either bake a cake, decorate a cake, take pictures of a cake when it came to same-sex marriages. So there is this belief among Christians that they are being persecuted, that there is a war against them. And it's not just something that they've created. It's something actually that continues to be pushed by the media and our government leaders. President Donald Trump, at that time, back in August of 2020, his plane landed in Dallas, and he got off the plane, and he had a, a mini pep rally right then. And he was speaking out against his opponent, Joe Biden. Listen to what he told his audience about Joe Biden, his, candidate, his opponent. He will take away your guns, take away your Second Amendment, no religion, no anything. Hurt the Bible. Hurt God. He's against God. He's against guns. Now, I find two things amazing about this statement. Number one, the union between God and guns. Number two, it played beautifully into this idea that many Christians feel, and that is their sense of who they are is now a minority. It no longer is the majority, and it is continuing to be threatened. A survey was done by a particular news station, and they surveyed those individuals who watched their news outlet. And what they discovered from that survey was that from those surveyed, 73% of the people responded when they were asked, what group do you believe is most discriminated against in the United States? 73% said Christians. 
73%. After that, 58% said the second group to be discriminated against was white folk. Hispanic, black, and Asian were seen as being less than 36% of those individuals who were persecuted or oppressed. This is a reality. This is a perception that continues to exist. In fact, Leith Anderson, who is the president of NAE, which is the National Association of Evangelicals, he says the following, American evangelical leaders recognize changes in the cultural wind and anticipate a backlash against themselves and other followers of Christ. This is a perception that is very real, where individuals feel that because they use the name Christian and because they believe a particular way that they are enduring persecution. Now, it may not be physical persecution, but they see it as being social pressure, financial pressure, political pressure, pressure to conform. So where does this idea come from? Where does this idea or this perception to be even open to the possibility that as a Christian you will be persecuted, where does that arise from? Well, when you read the Bible, or if you listen to sermons by ministers, they will tell you that throughout the Bible, you will find passages that speak about being persecuted. For example, listen to this one from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 12, written by Paul to a young individual by the name of Timothy, and he says the following, But you have faithfully followed my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, and suffering that happened to me in three places, Antioch, in Iconium, and in Lystra. What sort of persecution I endured, and the Lord delivered me from all of them. And here's the passage that many individuals gravitate toward. And indeed, all those who want to live in a godly manner in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All those who want to live in a godly manner in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Even the beatitude that we're looking at today, blessed are those who are persecuted. Even down in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 5, it talks about this idea that you should be happy when this happens to you. So this seems to be the roots upon which all of this is built. But not only do you find it in the New Testament, but you find it throughout the church fathers. 
stories of martyrs. The idea being that these martyrs were willing to die for their belief in Jesus, and because of that, their blood becomes the seeds upon which the church will grow. And then an individual who took a lot of the scholarship that was already exist, that existed, and she made it very public in her book. Her name is Candida Moss. And she makes the argument, actually quite soundly, that this eye perception that Christians in mass were being persecuted is more myth than reality. Now, that one's hard to hear. I mean, I remember growing up and being told that there were Christians who were thrown to the lions, much like Daniel. There were Christians who were being chased and persecuted because they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. She presents a solid argument that what happened, more than likely, was little pockets of persecution over short periods of time. That it didn't go on for 300 years like we often believe, that until Constantine came around, that the Christians were continually being persecuted. They argue that the evidence just isn't there. In fact, what you might find interesting is those people that were persecuted, and there were some who, who were, but those individuals, they tell their story and they argue that because they took certain theological stances, they had certain beliefs, that's why they were martyred. But those beliefs had not even been solidified when those people were alive. So it was a way of supporting the community in the present by saying people used to be persecuted for this. This idea that we've somehow exaggerated the value of persecution and how predominant it was and perhaps even is has some startling consequences for us today. In my thinking, I came up with four ways this idea of this Christian persecution complex, the over-exaggeration of Christians being persecuted. Now again, please understand, it did happen. But the argument is, it didn't happen to the degree that we as Christians have in the past continually set forth. I mean, we know that the followers of Jesus, not Jesus himself, but the followers of Jesus, they were persecuted by those that they used to go to synagogue with. Not in a physical way, but they were shunned. They were kicked out of the synagogue. They no longer fit in. I mean, we know that happened a lot, but more than likely, that never happened to Jesus. It was his followers that got that. So there were Christians 
who were persecuted. But there's the question about, were they persecuted because of their beliefs, or were they persecuted because their behavior was at odds with the Roman Empire? But if we continue to hold this idea of this Christian persecution complex, what impact is that having upon us today in the 21st century? Number one, it can cheapen the reality of persecution that is occurring throughout the world for Christians. The story that Janelle shared with us is a perfect example of where someone who literally believes in Jesus in whatever way that might be, that they are being persecuted for that. Their lives could be put on the line. But if we here in the States look at persecution and speak of being persecuted, it can often cheapen and diminish our awareness of what other individuals are facing and the freedoms that we have, they don't have. Another thing that can happen by this Christian persecution complex is this feeling like they're, I'm somehow unfaithful. Listen again to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 10 to 12. And indeed, all those who want to live in a godly manner in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, are you living in a godly manner? Are you being persecuted? Well, if you're not, you must be doing something wrong. Otherwise, you would be persecuted. Do you see how that thinking can develop? That I almost can begin to actually look for something. It can actually be biased towards something. Because if I'm living in a godly way, if I'm really following the ways of Jesus, I will be persecuted. And if I'm not being persecuted, Either I've got to shift my idea of what it means to be persecuted, or there's something wrong with me. I'm not living a Christian life enough. And if I was, well, life would be harder for me. The third implication of believing in a Christian persecution complex is how we see other people. If I see non-Christians, or if I see Christians who don't believe the same way that I believe, if I see them as my oppressor, that impacts my willingness to engage with them, to enter into dialogue with them, to be able to come together and perhaps compromise on different issues. It creates a mentality of us versus them. And every person you see 
can become a potential threat to your well-being. I remember as a kid experiencing this. The first time I saw a minister with a collar on, I immediately as a child assumed they were a priest. And even at a young age, it had been instilled in me that the Roman Catholic Church was the Antichrist. They were the dragon of revelation. And they were out to get me. And I remember feeling that fear inside. So what is happening when we see and tell people that they are against you because they believe differently than you, because they hold different values than you, we are developing more and more within ourselves where we are suspect and weary and leery of those people who are different than us. But I think the one that really impacts me the most is the way that the Christian persecution complex impacts our view of Jesus and his followers. I think I asked myself this. I said, why then, if, if persecution wasn't as widespread as I thought it was, why do I find it in the Bible so much? And then I begin to wonder if it's one of the reasons why they were sensitive to this and the reason they spoke about it and they wrote about it was because they understood that Jesus was concerned about it. That's pretty powerful. It's almost like his antenna was up. And he could tell when people were being treated differently and unfairly and unjustly. And he became sensitive to that. To the point where he was willing to actually speak out and speak about it to his followers because they, in turn, eventually, they end up writing about it. Well, I really believe that you in this room and those of you who are watching us online, that, that you are good people. I think you're not out trying to persecute people. And perhaps you don't get to see a lot of people being persecuted. But maybe what we could learn from this beatitude is a sensitivity. And again, I'm just going to build very quickly on the painting that Julie put up for us. That painting is of an individual in prison. 
being comforted by Jesus. I don't know about you, but there's a part of me that's so easy to say, yeah, they're in prison because they deserve to be in prison. They've done something wrong. Forget about it. Don't need to think about it. But apparently Jesus did. And saw this as a form of persecution. Because he spoke out about those that were imprisoned. Maybe that is something we can work on this week. Just be a little bit more aware of what's going on around you and how other people, for example, even those who are challenged either physically or mentally in ways that others aren't, how are they being treated? I mean, there's so many areas we can look at, but it's just an awareness that we have to have as we journey through our day. I think that's what Jesus was about. I think that's what he did. And I find it a challenge that if I'm going to claim that name as one who I follow, that I need to start thinking about this. I hope you will too. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.